Blog Talk Radio. Come back home to Africa. Come back home 
Greetings, greetings, greetings. And of course, as, as always, that is Diane Cameron Elam. Diane Cameron Elam, who sings and pro- produced and performs our beautiful opening theme music. And of course, I'm always grateful um, to her for her contribution to us by way of music. Divine, all blessed, peace and love, joy and prosperity, revelations and manifestation. You are now sitting live with the Divine Prince, Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author and advisor, Elagoon Oloye Hudu Obea Bokur, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a Pan-African hoodoo world spiritualist perspective, understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veil, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, my reverberation, reiteration, and it is, of course, my ever-living reality. It is crucial to the very foundation of my inner standing, my being, my walk, my work along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. And it is how I, the divine prince, make sense out of all that we are challenged with challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother, Father, Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding, the place from where I began, the place from where I realized and crystallized all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality. And so it is. I say... And so it is, Asheo. Today is Friday, April 10, 2020, and I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you, live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum, universally, from this working temple of the House of the Divine Prince. High Potions, Hoodoo Central LLC, in this beautiful, historic, most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this hoodoo, obey a spiritualist life path and journey, passing down the great obia stick along with the knowledge of the life, giving, healing, earths, roots, plants, rituals, minerals, and etc. All is truly and indeed a blessing. I'm always humbled, honored, grateful, for you choosing to be a part of this square circle of gods and goddesses for you bringing your sacredness, your divine energy to this sacred space here at high noon, U.S. Central Standard Time with the Divine Prince. Voodoo Tide. I always say and I always begin by offering the reminder of the importance of not only sacred space, but result-oriented work for indeed spiritual power and knowledge lies in its efficacy and its ability to produce lasting, reliable, tangible, reproducible results right here, right now, 
in this most present moment in time and space. And of course, I always acknowledge the ancestors upon whose shoulders we have our very being, our very standing, our very life in a very literal sense of the word, but also our spiritual and inner being in a more figurative sense of the word. We also want to acknowledge the, the powers that stand up in the day, the, the Arisha that we acknowledge on today. And we also want to acknowledge, along with Eshun, Oshun, and Yimigai, and of course, the deepest mysteries known to man, which rest within spirit and, and the mysteries that rest with Olokun. We acknowledge in all things those who came before the forefathers and the more, and the foremothers of our ancestors of our understanding and each an individual person under the sound of my voice to have to pass through the eye of the needle of their own inner standing. I'm often asked, where do I start? Where do I begin? How do I move forward with clarity on this journey? And we start referencing people, places, things, paths, traditions, languages. The truth of the matter is, it is indeed us, the man and woman within, the God and the devil within that must first be confronted. In any spiritual path, in any religion, in any mindset, in any state of mindfulness, uh, with or without a religious affiliation, one must confront self. And so I wanted to invite you, as always, to call me now at area code 845-277-9143-845-277-9143. When you're ready with your questions, comments, requests, do just push the number one on your telephone keypad. This will virtually raise your hand and give me the opportunity to unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. Of course, I want to lay a little bit of a foundation. I want to share some information. And then I'm going to also come to my live YouTube chat where Kiona is helping me to moderate. And you can type your questions, comments, and requests in all capital letters, which helps us to see it and identify it better. And then I'll also respond to you directly and, and here on air. When I first started quote-unquote, podcasting. Uh, it was in the, the season of Hurricane Katrina. First, it had to do with uh, resources, finding people, locating family, locating friends, uh, keeping up with FEMA, keep, keeping up with the Red Cross. Um, and it was in that that I was introduced to the social media environment that existed in 2005, 2006. 2007. The two that always readily come to mind are Yahoo 360 and uh, MySpace. And of course, it was a very different MySpace back then. But it was in that environment and the other sites that I didn't mention that were operating back, back then uh, that I did what most people do. And I took selfies. I uh, started documenting my environment. I documented my journey. Uh, post-Katrina, if you will, as I move forward and 
had to relocate and had to resituate. And over time, I realized, and people helped me to realize, many of you under the sound of my voice helped me to realize the value in my intellectual property, i.e., the value in what I know, what I was teaching, what I was sharing, what I was saying, what I was demonstrating. And so for me, as I, as I talked about in that brief uh, YouTube video I posted up at midnight, um, that was the beginning of my so-called Internet presence and the awareness of what my unique role is, if not in the world, indeed in the virtual universe. And I like to compare it to the concept, the theory, the reality of the macrocosm mirroring the microcosm. And so your internet, your social media space is really only a microcosm of the macrocosm. It's only a small picture, a condensed picture of reality. It's not an altered sense of reality, so to speak. So we have altered reality in, on the internet. We can cartoon ourselves. We can virtually send our, ourselves into any place, any time, any scenario, if you will. But I'm talking spiritually, mentally, emotionally, figuratively. It's really only an outward expression of, of who we really are. And we often utilize it to that end. Uh, so if you're interested in humor, you find humor. If you're interested in entertainment, you find entertainment. If you're interested in facts and knowledge and information, you can find that there too. But mixed in with, with the wine, if you will, is a, it's a great degree of water, and particularly as it relates to voodoo, as it relates to the manifestation of many spiritual and religious paths, not just voodoo, um, as it relates to how we often represent each other. Um, there's a, a passage somewhere in the magical book about bearing false witness. Um, and one of the prime examples that we point to in the demonstration of that is the Salem witch trial. Uh, and people who were conditioned to, programmed to, felt forced to, or maybe for whatever diabolical reasoning, um, choose to label people, accuse people of, of witchcraft, which often resulted in, in that person's uh, loss of property, loss of income, loss of family, loss of life, um, and, and, of course, loss of physical, uh, physical life. So we still see that today. It's just in a modern context. Uh, it's just in a very visual context, uh, and, and it's in a medium that's plastic meaning we can cartoonize it, we can dramatize it, we can politicize it, we can always put sort of our energy on it. So I've always wanted to be the truth teller, the truth teller, particularly when it comes to not just spirituality and religion, but culture, ethnicity, uh, tradition, history, and, and how these things play a role in who and what all of us are, wherever we are on the globe today. So I journeyed out today. Yes, I, I had on my, my suit of armor. I had on my covering. 
I had on my mask. I had two covers over that. I, I had my, my uh, Jedi coat on over that. And really all I did was run to the ATM and back. Uh, but it required me taking an Uber. So I get in the Uber, and the first thing I hear is gospel music. Now, listen, I know people are, are, are doing Uber in bad times and good times. Pre-dating the virus, people did Uber. And I had one other similar scenario to what I'm getting ready to present to you today. Um, you are in an environment where you're now in the public, and you're not in an office or behind the counter, you know, or, or at the call center necessarily, but it's your office, your workspace is remote, and you're now bringing the world into your space. And I'm sure there's some degree of, of uh, um, control where, you know, Uber drivers can decide who or who not they're going to service at any given point. Um, I'm sure right now anyone who's driving and exposing themselves to the world um, really feels they need to uh, or, or they have to. But when you get into a cab, a Uber, a hired, you know, driving scenario, just like I am often bringing my office, my ministry, my business, my professional world into my living space, there has to be some parameters. There has to be some some rules. <clears throat> there has to be some protocols that that you apply, uh, even if you are told you have to. So, you know, play your music, and, and I understand you're in your car, your your personal space, and sometimes it's easy to forget. Uh, it's easy to sort of move fluidly from from that realm of you know my car my space, uh, my territory, my domain into I'm now bringing business in, into my realm. So, okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to deal with the gospel music. I've heard gospel music before. I have my own personal thing about gospel music, but I'm going to keep it to myself. And, of course, you know, because of the season, um, I can pull my Jedi coat all the way over my face. You know, where in normal times it might seem odd, um, in the present state of things, it's not unusual. And, and I sort of tune out, um, you know, and I make my journey, and it's on the return leg of the journey that, you know, we now have to investigate, you know, more questions. And, um, of course, religion comes up, you know, and, and, I, and I voice my background, my experience, um, in religion, I, that's how I started, you know, my my response to his overt prophetizing, uh, prophetizing. Um, you know, both of my parents are, are in the ministry. Uh, I have well-known family members in, in the ministry, known globally uh, for being in the ministry. Um, I, I'm a former minister of music, you know, and, and he's cheesing up smiling from ear to ear. This part of the conversation, he, he enjoyed. Uh, then I said, but now I'm a, a world-renowned booty freak. Oh, my God. You could have <laughs> threw a, a, a pail of hot water <laughs> on him at that moment. Um, the light went out. It didn't dim. The light went out. 
the light went out. Uh, the jinn stood up in him. Now, now, not the religion, because because there's a way a person who's dedicated to their religion, their tradition, their practice, and the integrity and morality that stands up in their practice. No matter what the practice is, there's a spiritual response to things, and then there's the carnal response to things. So, you know, he leaves with, well, how does your family deal with the voodoo, you know? And before I could clearly get it out that, you know, me and my mama have no beef. I understand my mom. She understands me. Um, my family accepts me for who and what I am. Those who don't, I don't know about it because they keep it in, in their yard. You know, they're not trying to shove a, a Jehovah Witness truck down my throat, and I'm not trying to uh, shove a candle or, or, or stalk a, a sage, you know, uh, you know, down they throw. But before I could really get that out, I mean, every trigger for him had already been not just pushed, but set afire. And this is a lesson that I learned as a teen. And in my 20s, um, that the greater society is now sort of absorbing, particularly with this large movement away from, quote, unquote, organized traditional religious system particularly with the millennials, but, but even those older than the millennials. Um, so, you know, we're a little bit more comfortable moving in and out of this conversation of religion, but there are still many more people in our culture, in our society, in our community who are still grossly locked in. So when I start throwing out words like white supremacy, colonization, uh, you know, he he wanted no no part of that discussion. Um, he he even suggests TR practitioners, uh, voodoo practitioners, uh, E five practitioners needed to proselytize more. We needed to be out educating and re-educating, you know, people aggressively, um, you know, in in terms of our truth. And again. He's speaking a language, though I no longer agree with it, that I'm familiar with. I sat in those pews. I sat in those those uh, temple houses. So I often know the script that, that a particular uh, religious person is reading from. I can often recite it seconds before they say it, um, because most don't deviate from that. Uh, it's not an opportunity to speak and tell their truth, which is what I asked them to do. I said, brother, I'm not asking you to argue with me. I'm asking you to speak your truth right now. You are using someone else's words, someone else's language to clarify something that you ain't clear on. And and my demonstration somehow represents a trigger. And so you all might be experiencing that. Many of you I know, um, and, and don't you can't internalize it. You can't take it personally. Uh, you can't get worked up you know, into warrior mode every time you encounter something that you already know exists. You make provisions. You accommodate or, or, or you avoid. You know, when we think about how we raise our children, and, for instance, you know, and, and so we know Johnny or, or, or Sally has a propensity to go for those sweets. So we don't put them on the low counter and then dare them not not to take it. You know, you, you put it up. 
you put it away. Uh, but often spiritually, uh, who we are is often the low hanging fruit on our on our spirit tree, on our spirit body. And so it shows up out here first. What it looked like? Is it wrapped up? Is it locked? You know, is it veiled? Uh, is it vegan? Is it vegetarian? Do they pray five times a day? You know, we look at the details of a thing. You know, we argue the semantics of the book. Um, and even when the book is not mentioned, which I'm going to give him, you know, an A for, you know, an E for effort uh, in terms of his ability to, to sort of navigate the conversation without using um, overtly Christian words. But you don't have to. You've you got the gospel music playing, you know, on the highest value, you know, the minute a, a person looking like me gets in the car. Uh, and, and that's where racism and prejudice and white supremacy comes into the mix. Even if we aren't talking about those topics directly, they have everything to do with how, how the majority of us learn religion, how the majority of us learn what God is and what God looks like and, and how we identify God, literally or figuratively. If not God, how we expect righteousness holiness, sanctification, to look, devoutness, to look on a person, whatever your belief is. So, so the Rasta and the, and, the, and the conscious individual, and the, you all absolutely have religion you operate from. You, you witches, you absolutely have a, a place of religion that you're operating from. And, and you often judge through the filter of that said implied religious understanding. Um, Block Talk Radio, I'm, I'm trying to get beyond my YouTube buffering. We are buffering, we are buffering, and now we're back. Now we're back. Yeah, so so we. it's quick for us to say we ain't religious anymore. I don't operate from that religion anymore. I, I don't believe that way anymore. But if we haven't really gotten a laser one crystal, you know, and gone in and done surgery to remove that programming, that programming remains with you, particularly uh, in the case that belief and religion and culture is often in, ingrained from the time you come out the womb. It is said by psychologists and psychiatrists and therapists and the like that you're formed within the first five years of your life. You're learning the quickest, the fastest. You're, you're taking it in, and it's going in, so to speak, and filling in all those layers of identity of who we are and, and ultimately who we're going to become. Those years pass by. It's often about how we learn to navigate the world, society, kindergarten, nursery school, uh, your cousins, uh, other family members, uh, other other neighbors, and, and then the stimuli that you gradually then begin to receive from from the world, which further conditions us about belief. So, so it's always shocking to me when religious folk um, come at you brand new, as if they're the only one who knows religion. 
um, one of the statements that he made on the slide, he didn't make it directly at me. Almost no one ever makes them directly at the booty priest. Um, but it was on a slide. He, he said something to the effect of, um, which is where the proselytizing came in, um, that, you know, he, he kind of went into an apologetic thing about having to to prove something to people or, or having to convince uh, uh, people of something, which is something that I never said. Uh, and those of you who have been viewing me for many years know that I'm not here to convince anybody. I'm not here to, to, to promote religion in that way, even my religion in that way, um, never have. Um, I'm here to defend, to protect against the consistent bombardment that we get just coming out of the door, just waking up in the morning. Understand, in a Christian society, in a Christian culture, you're not bombarded with the negative imagery about religion that people who are not operating in that are. Oh, I know you like to believe you are. And, and evangelical movements like to get on television and, and, and get in, in, involved in politics and, and, and Republican conservative conversations and, and act as if they're somehow being persecuted. Somehow Christianity uh, is under the greatest degree of persecution. When the reality is we live in a world driven by Christian belief, for the most part, even for people who do not say they don't operate fully in that. Some of you say, well, I don't go to church. I don't believe the Bible. I'm not. But you acknowledge Easter. You acknowledge Christmas. <laughs> you acknowledge every other, you know, Christian ideology because it's more than just the book. You know, he mentioned the word. <laughs> Wait, bro, whose word? And he never did clarify, but because I know that language, whose word? He said, well, if people haven't heard the word, of course they're going to choose other alternative religions. As if I hadn't heard the word. And that's where the introduction of both of my parents operate in that realm. My family operates in that realm. I was produced in that realm. I had to introduce that information because the assumption is that we somehow have chosen voodoo or Ifa or African systems because we don't know the word, because we don't know the Bible, because we don't know the quote-unquote truth as it has been forced upon us for millennials, for, for generations. And many of us, particularly in this room, particularly in this space, are well-versed, well-versed in many magical books, well-versed. I can walk you through the Bible front to back, back to front, if I wanted to do that. I made a conscious choice in my 20s to stop arguing the Bible. And the reason for that is it's a slippery slope. It's a God, G-O-D hyphen spell. It's a God spell. So you keep repeating it, you keep saying it, you keep reading it, it, it keeps getting passed from one person to, to the other, and so that truth is maintained, not just out here in the world, but in here. We've talked before on this show about, you know, I, I can't do housework without certain songs floating up, certain rhythms floating up, 
from my background. And in my 20s, I was desperate to reprogram the miseducation of the Negro, if you will. And so all I wanted to hear was Asian, African, indigenous. <laughs> you, you know, I wanted to reprogram my background noise. I wanted to reprogram my own inner language. Um, some of you still instinctively call on Jesus when you stub your toe. You call on God when you stub your, your toe. Oh, thank God. You know, that, that sort of thing. And, and it's really at that lower back vibrational level where what we really believe keeps sort of kneeling away at the demonstration that we think we're operating in, which sort of resides up towards the front of your inner cranium. So there was a time when I didn't want to hear any gospel. I didn't want to hear, you know, come into the room and, and, and church was on TV because it helped reinforce trauma for me. It helped reinforce pain for me. And some of you know I'm long over that now. I can hear it now, just like today in the car, and it don't penetrate my zone of, of, of awareness, my zone of what I know. And that's why me and my mom get along so well. What I know or understand doesn't challenge what she believes, what she knows, what she understands. Your lack of awareness of what might be hidden behind the curtain or your awareness of what is hidden behind the curtain doesn't reflect on me if I'm not even aware there is a curtain, <laughs> you know? So people often argue over religion, argue over semantics, often because they're testing. I know I'm buffering. I'm buffering, 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 buffering. Okay, I'm buffering. Yes, I'm back. So um, often people's own sense of awareness is challenged by others' outward demonstrations. Because let's be clear, the, the, the main world traditions require, thrive on, to a certain degree, an outward demonstration that is constantly being checked and rechecked by somebody, either by the other members of the movement, often ingrained in the very context of the word that these traditions pull from, um, and then that human nature, that human need to sort of compartmentalize things, and, and so things should look similarity. People should act similarity. Uh, we like to stereotype and, and group people together based on, on belief, but not just from outside perception of belief, but from inner perception of belief. We all have some idea of what voodoo is supposed to look like or what Ifa is supposed to, supposed to look like, you know, what a witch is supposed to look like. So, so that's why the, the botanicas are making a great deal of, of revenue off of, you know, bees that are set up in, in certain colors and certain patterns and, and certain products, and particularly our, you know, branded commercial, you know. I don't, I don't just mean, you know, an individual can create candles and put a label on it. And then you have a, a, a store, you know, who creates candles 
and, and also put the label on it. I mean, commercial products that you are buying at the Botanica that are not spiritual at all, but have a spiritual label on it, like your Indio house spray and, and, and products of, of that sort. Um, we've talked about color reinforcement in the new world that don't line up with, with color symbolism uh, in, in, the indigenous, in the indigenous world or at the root of these traditions. So there's a mindset, there's a religious mindset that comes with almost everything. So even people who say, oh, I'm not religious, I don't believe in religion, are, are often doing that from some <laughs> religious-based perspective. When we strip religion down to its nakedness and definition, um, it's to do something consistently, repeatedly, routinely, uh, that has a great deal of, of spiritual and religious and emotional uh, gravity to it. Uh, the idea of salvation, you know, the idea of, of persecution, uh, the idea of hell and, and retribution, in the way that we know it today, is specific to the triad of, of religions that we are all very, very familiar with. So when you are not only just conscious, born into a new way of seeing things, doing things, a new practice, a, a new walk, and, and you're doing so from your own place of organic authenticity, we can feel and see the attack. We can feel and see the energy. Um, for what it is, for what it is. And, and I still offer peace and blessing, <laughs> joy and prosperity, wellness and protection, um, only to have this guy then not respond in, in any characteristically uh, Christian or religious or, or, you know, evangelical way that I'm familiar with. Uh, he was completely outside his, his dynamic. He couldn't find, he knew he couldn't use the word and, and he had to be more crafty than that with me, um, you know, to, to, to box me over religion and spirituality. Um, so he, he, he just stopped talking at that point. Um, and the original question that opened all this up was, how does your family deal with the Buddhists? How does your family deal with the voodoo? Not how does your family accept you? How does how what does your family understand about about you or your past? How does your family accept the voodoo? The voodoo is still seen from 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 this much like Iyami. When you've heard me discuss what Iyami and how Iyami uh, shows up, well, Pani, I see you, beloved. Um, in fact, that's what I'm getting ready to go into. How do you explain um, the practice and the belief of voodoo to non-believing loved ones by demonstration or explanation? Can't imagine being shut in with disapproving family members. Um, you, you have to do it by way of both, by both demonstration, um, education, I'm trying to reread your question. Also by, uh, yeah, also by explanation. And, 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 and I start by saying, if you don't have the words for it, if you can't explain it, 
then how do you expect your family members to explain it? How do you expect your loved ones to make sense of it? Um, I, I know, again, going back to my youth, when I didn't have all my words, when I wasn't strong in my position, I was constant, and that's where this conversation started. I was con- constantly in the battle of the Bible. Start the conversation talking about spirituality, religion, but in- inevitably you start making your arguments, your defenses from the position of the Bible. And that's because, you know, I say it often on the show, it's a language we all understand. So sometimes I reference the Bible, uh, you know, for understanding. I know that if I put something in biblical wording, biblical symbolism, it will register with, with some people. Even those of you who claim you're not religious, but you grew up in, in this Christian culture, and so those same tag words, those same triggers, register with you as well. I don't have to use the Bible. We, we say magical book, but most of y'all know what I'm talking about <laughs> when I say it. Most of you understand what, what's being referenced, you know, what, what we mean when we reference it. So you have to be able to explain it, and you cannot explain it if you aren't well thought, well studied, well read, well in, instructed, you haven't sat and listened to other people talk about it, other people explain it. Um, and we can explain in detail the latest clothing, the latest electronics, the, late, the latest song, learn all the lyrics, you know, in, in a matter of time. But we don't apply that same level of skill sometimes when it comes to really understanding and explaining our position and our belief. Uh, well, Pani, I find that many so-called church folks can't explain it and get frustrated when you, you know, come from a position of of study about the religion, about the book, you know, mention the the council and the seer, you know, you still have so-called church people who still don't know what that is, still don't know what's being. So you have to do both. It has to be something you can say, even if you have to, you know, reduce it down to elementary language at first until you find your own language, but then it also has to mimic your demonstration. Because if it ain't showing up in your demonstration, then, you know, it still leaves open that question of what are you getting out of that? What is that doing for you? Because people are comparing what you know, what you do, to what they know and what they do. What are you getting out of that so I, I can figure out if I need that? What is that doing for you so I can figure out if, well, maybe I need to be doing some of that too. And we see a lot of that in voodoo where people will hold on to their religion, their tradition, their culture, Catholicism, whatever, you know, their base understanding might be, but will seek out spirituality, will seek out, seek out voodoo, you know, if they really think it'll help them, if they, if they really think it's of service to them. So how religion was taught to us and impressed upon us has everything to do with the difficulties. <clears throat> Hello, 601 area code. I'm coming to you momentarily. 601 area code. Um, the next time I say your area code, I'll be opening your mic. Um, so how religion has been taught to us and enforced upon us has everything to do with um 
Keisha Smith the difficulties people uh, find in breaking the quote-unquote God spell because those ideas still show up as voices in your head. They show up as, as guilt. They, they show up as, as some, some sense of conviction about what you believe, what you do, you know, and it's easy to recall what's already been said time and time again. Uh, Erico 601, um, greetings, beloved. Who's calling? Greetings. And where are you calling? Um, my name is Jennifer. I'm calling from Florida, and I just want to thank you for continuing to do your show every day. It's been a real blessing to me, and I know probably a lot of other people, too, during this time, so I just want to thank you for that. Um, I have a situation I wanted your advice on. During this time, it's not really on the topic you were talking about with religion, but from a, a you know somewhat Christian standpoint, I know we're all supposed to be there for each other right now, and if people are in need, you want to try to help as much as possible. But I wanted to know how I could protect myself and my home from possible negative entities or influences that may come about because of the situation. Um, I'm having to work from home, and like you said, you're having to open up your world to the outside world more. And I just want to make sure that I'm protecting my home and myself from any negative influences or people at this time. I just I don't want to be a non-humanitarian about it. Does that make sense? Oh, I can't hear you. I don't know what happened. to do it in, in relatively short short time. So the phone lines are back on, area code 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. Kiona, I'm going to go back to my caller, and then I'm going to uh, open your mic uh, next. So caller, um, give me your name again in Florida. Uh, Jennifer. Jennifer, yes, beloved. I apologize. Um, it's okay. Give me, your, give me your question again. Um, I was trying to ask during this time with everything going on and being at home uh, with the the virus that's out and everybody's trying to protect each other and look out for each other, how can I protect myself from negative entities or influences without you know, turning my back on my fellow man. I, re- I really, I'm not religious, but I do believe in universal love and helping your neighbor when you can, but I just don't want to open my home or my spirit to everything that's out there. And I was, I, was, I was asking if there's anything I could do to protect the sanctity of my home or my spirit during this time if there are people that I know that need help. That's a great question. Um, and as you can imagine, I'm addressing, if not that question specifically, uh, similar like questions in this particular yeah. season. Um, so, of course, I had to address, you know, the literal, the, the physical first, and then I'll also address um, the more spiritual, um, esoteric, for lack of a better word, aspect of, of your question. 
Now, I'm going to sound like the CDC. Um, and those of us who practice hoodoo, uh, conjure, root work, voodoo, you know, we've been dealing with bleach and ammonia for gen- generations. Uh, this is not entirely uh, a new thing for us. Uh, going through, actually, um, I clean my shrines and my altar and, and my house with ammonia under normal circumstances, um, just to, you know, the, the dust and the dead sense skin cells that are that are in the air, air which also carry energy. Um, I said I was going to address the literal first. Um, of course, you want to be clean. Of course, you want to have you know um, a pail or, or, or take one of the empty uh, produce bins out of your refrigerator and put that in your sink and make some you know hot sudsy water and, and make sure you put a, a decent amount of bleach in that. Um, it's a way of, to conserve all your, your handy wipes and your sanitation wipes and, and all your hand sanitizer. Bleach is cheaper than that. Uh, and, of course, you wipe your house down from the front door, you know, the locks, the handles, inside and out, the, the door jam. You know, I'm a major door popper, grab my shutters every day and every night, so I bleach that down. Um, no one comes in. Not client, not family, not friend, not delivery. Um, all my delivery is left on the stoop. Um, if if there's any conversation, it's done from the street, uh, meaning they are in the street beyond the curb, and I have four steps going up to my to my doorway. That's what I call my stoop. I'm in my door, not leaning out. I'm in my door. Um, so I'm avoiding all germs, all bacteria, all viruses, all energy, literally and figuratively. Uh, people also in their emotions right now. So there is, beloved, as Fiona has brought up in previous shows, there is a great deal of toxic energy out there, toxic residue. Um, and, and other callers, Kayla Talk has, has, has mentioned that, that we want to spiritually be free of. And, you know, it's corny, it sounds repetitive, but, but now is the time to accept the truth in my B affirmation. Right now, and, and you might not be every B affirmation on the list, but, but a great deal of them apply to all of us uh, on some level. And that is to be different, be yourself, particularly right now. But be still if you have to. Be quiet. Be be more prayerful now if you if you believe in, and understand the power of prayer. Be more meditative right now. Those of you who who claim to be spiritual now, it's time. Before our right. conversation fell off, <laughs> me and the Uber driver, that was that was one of the, the, the positive things that we were I was able to get out. That now is the time for ministry, and, and of course he thought yeah. I meant church. I said no. I don't mean just church. I mean ministry, whatever your belief is. You know, Hebrew Israelites, grassroots organizations. And I'm not saying gather. I'm not saying come together in a building, in a shared space, in a crowd. But now is the time to stand up in who we are, what we know. And that within itself is as a layer to your immune system, as a layer to your, your protective garbage. Even the CDC, even doctors are saying that guard your mind, guard your heart, guard your emotions. Some of you need to protect yourself from too much 
too much news. I see, I feed off news to some degree um, without it damaging me in any way. But some of you are damaged by, the, by too much news or damaged by too much information. So guard your spirit, particularly right now. Guard your rules. I, this was a no-shoe zone before the virus. This this was a you know leave your shoes and and your outside uh, activities at the door even before the virus, but now we have to actively stand up and and how clean we say we are, how how committed to our spiritual routines that we say that we are. All of that is being highlighted right now in this in this time period. Um, of course, I'm using Florida water. Of course, I'm using uh, violet water. But I had a great deal of that on hand before this kicked in. Uh, so people are making shopping lists <laughs> right now. People are making grocery lists right now. Um, I, I talked to one of my cousins three or four days ago. Um, she hadn't even stocked up food yet. So make sure you're stocking up, you know, on your food, not going crazy, not buying up all the toilet paper on the shelf, but make sure right. you're stocking up. The food, the nutrition that that you're going to also require to maintain your physical and your spirit body moving forward. That's another layer of protection, uh, literally and figuratively, to you, you know, and the outside world. My red brick dust line is at the door, baby. But it's been at the door. Anybody who's been here knows that. You know, I'm conscious conscious always about what I'm exposing myself to. I've never been a handshaker, never. And if you come to the house and you've ever had a reading, I don't let you touch me. I I, I, I gracefully direct you to your your seat, to your cushion, to your pillow. But I don't shake your hand. I don't hug you. I don't make contact. And so now, I mean, if you are happy to live the way I do normally, now you're having to live the way I do normally. And so if you, you know, whether you see it as a luxury, you know, or not, um, the, the number of people that might be in your house that you have to consider, some of you have to consider pets, you know, not just with the virus, but in your spirit practice, you know, where you keep your shrines, where you keep your stuff. You know, we, we have to examine all of this differently now. And if we can sit still, be still, be quiet while being conscious, being mindful, being aware, being informed, being in tune. Um, we're now finding that much of who we are now has to be elevated in some way. And then that which we feel we're lacking or don't have, this is the time now to put those pieces together, to bring those pieces together. So literally and figuratively, if you all haven't cleaned, please clean. Especially if you're now hunkered down, you're locked in, you know, you, you got your, you, you know, you now get it. So go through and do, do a spring cleaning now and clean your entire house. Wipe everything down that can't be bleached with ammonia, including your door, front and back, in and out. And, and then be conscious of what's being brought in from moment to moment, day to day. Limit the traffic, you know, and if you're single, you know, and you don't have a lot of traffic, I'm grateful. Single people are grateful right now. People who have a limited 
you know, amount of people coming and going. We're grateful right now, especially as we count the days. Especially as we count the days. You know, I've been I've said this on the show before. I've been counting back 14 days, 16 days. Um, every day I get up and I look back to who was I, where was I, what was I doing, you know, three weeks ago? Who, who was I around? You know, what was I exposed to? And I'm safely in my zone right now. I feel really confident. I've been around one person for the last four weeks. And I told this person, I'm not going to call them out. If I get sick, you gave it to me. (laughs) If I get sick, you gave it to me. Because you're the only person I've been around because I ain't going nowhere. I'm not seeing anybody except from the distance of the street. Um, and, And that's it. That's it. Um, You know, we're ordering packages. We're having things delivered. I know my mom, as she's listening, was a little bit uncomfortable about, you know, the amount of information that she had and who and what could be delivered to her house at at all. So, for instance, you know, the idea of your church members or your temple members, you know, how many of them do you know they level of cleanliness? How many of them would you trust to cook food for you, for instance, you know, and, and their level of cleanliness? So you might not want people delivering, you know. Now, I know schools are doing it, so we, we, we expect in normal conditions, schools are going to have on gowns, plastic gloves. But right now, we know for sure, you know, they're wearing masks and all that, too. And then they're often filling up that food and then, you know, and then delivering it to rec centers in certain locations within your community. But just people cooking your food, that might be different. Um, we've heard, you know, questions about fast food and restaurant food that's still being delivered through Uber Eats. And so we know the big chains got a little bit of money behind them, you know, so we know they people, McDonald's probably wearing gloves, Burger King probably wearing gloves and masks. You know, they probably doing their thing. But as you get down to our community, the, the roots community, it might be a little bit different. Now, I, I, I trust Mahogany Naja to cook my food, but, but I wouldn't trust many other people to cook my food, and not right now. But mom, they can deliver canned goods. They can deliver frozen goods. You know, they can deliver toilet paper, <laughs> you know, and, and then things that can be ordered should be. Um, you can get in on Walmart if, if you keep trying. You know, I've heard you got to do it in early in the morning. I, I've heard you just got to, you know, uh, uh, keep checking in. You've heard me describe it as a video game. Uh, forgive the buffering, 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 buffering. I um, call her, I, I compare it to a video game. You know, I have every uh, retail outlet that I utilize on tab, saved in a tab, and I refresh periodically, you know, until I get an opening. And even that stuff, you know, I, I, I spray down the boxes, let it dry, flip the boxes over, let it dry. Then I unpack the item in my clean area. And if it, if it can be dipped in the bleach water, I dip it in the bleach water and rinse it real good. If it can't be dipped, I wipe it off real good, even before I open it. Um, and, and so, that's the literal sense of things, but but spiritually, you you got to be girded up spiritually. You got to be 
prayed it up, prayed up spiritually. This is the time to, to be clear and to get clear about what you say you know and you believe in and you understand. Uh, many people are, are standing on their faith right now. And I use that and word I loosely. Really, I really want to thank you for keeping the show going. Um, it's been a big, big blessing to me, and I'm sure plenty of other people that are listening. With everything going on, I, I really, really commend you for, for keeping up with the show and giving the affirmations. It's been a, a big source of help for me. I hear you, Tasha. Tasha's touch. Many aspects that uh, before March would have been considered extremely antisocial, standing up right now <laughs> to save and support me. Um, and I mean that in the best ways, you know, possible. And so um, I, I'm with you, Tasha. I, I am. Um, beloved, um, did I answer the question? Should I say more? Oh, no, thank you. That was that was good. And just thank you for the show. And I'm listening every day. And I just wish you many blessings. And I thank you for keeping everything going. I'll keep your mic open. I'm humbled and honored in service. I'll keep your mic open so you can mute yourself so that um, if you have any background noise, I won't hear it. And then if you want to okay. participate again, just unmute yourself and just come right back on into the conversation. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Eric code 323, I believe that Kiona, your mic is open, beloved. Yes, this is Kiana. How are you? All is a blessing. Listen. Did you get a text from AT&T? Did anybody who has AT&T services get a text from them today? Um, I, I got two receipts for um, money being credited to my account. Um, and, and, and it's my understanding no one can pay somebody else's cell phone bill or pay on someone's cell phone bill really without your information, right? So I'm assuming that it's some... Um, some federal government thing. Have you got that, Kiona? I haven't, but you know what the old folks say. The old folks say don't look a gift horse in the mouth, so we'll take that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it I does mean, make you. <laughs> listen, it said if you had any questions or comments to call this 800 number, I ain't called that number. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't call that number, but, um, you know, and of course, it's not a mistake. I think it's almost impossible to accidentally put your AT&T money on somebody else's account. Um, so, well, Tommy says that they have AT&T and they didn't give a text. Yeah, I, I communicate with Rapani, um daily. So she would have told me earlier this morning if that was the case. Um, but but I sure got, I got two two text messages uh, in, in different amounts. So um, I, I don't know what that's, what that's really about. Um, but I'm just curious, and I, and I wanted to, you know, throw that out there to my to my callers and my listeners. I also want to invite others to get on the phone lines at 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. And press the number one when you're ready to go beyond just listening, but, but have something you want to say. Um, I also want to, in all fairness, um, people who have children, who have pets, who have other people in their house. Um, I get it. I know the struggle is real. The struggle is so real, it's, it's on the news every day. 
<laughs> about you know how how we live, how we protect ourselves, um, support ourselves, you know, as we hunker down and and stay at home um, during this time. And it's easy for us who are spiritual to to spew to spout uh, more spiritual suggestions. Uh, people who are normally not all that spiritual, people who normally don't do a whole lot of prayer and meditation and, and working with crystals and burning incense, you know, uh, you know, uh, might be saying, how do I get into this? You know, first start by just breathing. Just breathe. Just sit and inhale and exhale and just breathe. Uh, it's better than the worry. The, the stress, you know, focusing 24-7 on your lack of income or, or, or the lessening of income or, or you know, what's going to happen when I, when I meet the end of this six rolls of toilet paper. Just breathe. And if you're blessed to live in nature, you have a house with a yard, you're in the country, you're in the rural area, Maybe you live in the city, but, you know, you live next to the park, close in close proximity to the park. Um, get close to a tree. Get close to a body of water. Um, sit where the birds sit. Sit where nature is occupying their space and their time. Uh, feed the pigeons, uh, if you will. And remember to breathe. Remember to breathe. Recite my B affirmation, which I copied and pasted um, on my YouTube video, B affirmation, and it'll be an ongoing series. Uh, some of you have seen them in, in Instagram. I welcome you to utilize the B affirmations if you, if you must, if you need. And just remember to be, just remember to be. And, and, and to first be true to you and your family and your pets uh, and your loved ones um, and your responsibilities, but also to be those things that we normally don't have time for, uh, that we normally are, are too busy working uh, and living life to, to focus on. And so now clean the house, reorder your closet, restructure your, your sacred space. If you don't have one, now is a great time to create sacred space. If you do indeed live alone or, or have accessibility of space, it might be a closet, it might be a room, it might be a, a, a table, you know, it might be a desk, you know, cr create your sacred space. Um, I hear people in pop culture sort of borrowing from some of my ideas now. Uh, even Iyama Banzette is now re reinforcing, you know, the notion of creating sacred space now that you can, now that you're aware of it, now that, now that you're conscious of it, now that you might have the time for it. Create sacred space. And don't overcomplicate it. It's a reminder of, a physical reminder of your ideology, your belief, your value you know, whatever your tradition might be. I know some of you are going to celebrate Easter. I know some of you are still Christian, Muslim, Jew, you know, to whatever varying degree, or your children still might be. I know parents say, oh, I'm not that religion, but you send your kids to church. 
You buy your kids that that Easter basket. Um, And and I'm not judging you. I'm saying that that's okay. Um, But I'm offering that you do that at home. That you, that again, it's another opportunity to create sacred space. And it can be as simple as a candle that you blow out at at the end of your moment, your 15, 20 minute, 30 minute hour shared moment uh, with, with other members of your house. It might be meditation. If you can get your spouse, your in-laws, your roommates to just sit with you and be quiet for 10 minutes and focus on peace or, or focus on healing, you know, or, or focus on, on, on a, a better reality that they might want to see manifest come out of this. Again, it's another way to operate in spirit um, a caller, area code 601, um, but also self, self-heal, self-care, self-quarantine. Uh, it's so ugly a word. Self-spa, <laughs> you know, from, from, your, from your home space. Um, thank you so much, beloved, my, my sister Wapani, for your uh, contributions and your comments. In, in the chat, I also invite uh, others to type your questions, comments, and requests in capital, if you can, in the chat so that I can see them. If you cannot, um, make sure you're using appropriate punctuation and question marks and, and, and quotations and whatnot so that we can distinguish questions or comments. And the phone lines are opening, open and operative. Area code 314, I'm coming to you next. We are available at area code 845-277-9143. Press the number one as area code 314 has done, and I will bring you into the conversation. Beloved, who's calling and where in the state of Missouri are you calling from? This is Wapani calling from St. Louis. Hey, beloved. Greetings and salutations. Greetings, Prince. Greetings. Um, yeah, I wanted to address what you were saying about, you know, cleansing to stop the bacteria and metaphysically as well. Um, when you're in a house, you may become a little paranoid. Like you feel sometimes that your spiritual practices are being undermined. And it may not even be conscious. It may be an unconscious thing from a family member in your house that you're shut in with question is, you were saying about the ammonia and different things, how can you, beyond staging, how can you cleanse the inside to stop that? It's an, it, it feels to me like a real negative attack. And like I said, it might be unconscious. But I feel like, you know, if I want to go into my sanctuary and shut the door, then somebody wants to play with the dogs and get them barking out here. Or... um if I want to listen to your program, people have a tendency to start talking, talk loudly, and I have to mute my mic if I'm on the number one. And I'm like, um, see the TV screen? See that YouTube that's sitting up there? I'm on the phone. So what can you do, because you already had the conversation, what else can you do? Um. Of course, I'm always going to talk literally and figuratively, always, um, physically and spiritually, always. Um, be careful with the with the cleaning. C- 
clean, but also invite in peace. Also remember to invite in stability. Also remember to invite in balance. And particularly right now, uh, I say that because, you know, you don't want to say smudge your frankincense and myrrh and run your neighbors, you know, your, your roommates out of the house. Um, and I know it's different when we're talking about family, uh, but I've noticed over the years that people absolutely respond to those, those, front, those scents those fragrances, those res, res, uh, resins. And they, and they might say, ooh, I don't like that smell. Or, or you might get the, I'm allergic to that. Um, or, or, or the sudden bouts of, of coughing and, and sneezing. Uh, and yeah, you have people who um, are, are clearly sensitive to, to asthma and, and irritants in the air that might provoke that. Um, so I invite that you always open the windows if, if that's possible where you are. I know some of you still have snow on the ground. Um, it's summertime here in New Orleans. Um, so that you you, you want to consider. Also how we utilize our stones. Um, you've heard me say black obsidian is a bit of a truth stone and it can bring the truth to the surface, but that has, that, that truth has to be addressed. It has to be cleansed or it can become aggressive it can become overt um and so just as with the the uber driver you say it's unconscious it's not necessarily uh, a deliberate action but often our actions invoke a reaction from nature from the universe and, and of course from people who live with us or might be around us and so our growing spirituality and the visual outward demonstration of that absolutely affects how other people feel about themselves and where they are in their journey. And they might, you know, act a little shady or, or um, show up, as you've demonstrated, you know, with the activity in the house, the noise in the house, uh, the distractions. Um, um, in the house, and you've got to set up boundaries. You've got to learn to set up some kind of healthy boundary. And, and I know that's not always difficult, even for, you know, a parent with, with kids, you know, to what degree can you set up the boundary? You know, well, when mom's door is closed, she's busy, you know, or, or when dad is in his spe certain special space, you know, I'm occupied. But I know you might be in the, on a toilet, you know, and, and certain family members or certain pets, you know, if, if they're able to disturb your moment, um, they will. So be sure, beloved, that you're not also over-dependent on the silence or, or, or the closed door or, or the closed room at any given moment to maintain your peace. Because ultimately, I am. I have to. I have to admit that I'm very. Um, yeah, I'm very quiet. You know, generally. So when I go into spiritual practice, I like to be alone and quiet. Okay, now you. But you're saying I need to grow beyond that. Okay, I'm giving you two answers. You might not. You might need to grow beyond that. And what I mean by that is. Um, I often say, 
life happens, weather happens. Hurricane Katrina happened. And so you're separated from everything. I had the crystals and stones that I had the wherewithal to think to pack in my clothes, to wrap in my socks. But everything else in the course of Katrina either got washed away, damaged, or left behind. So what does one do in that scenario? What does one do when they're in prison? And so they don't have access to books, implements, sage, etc. So that's the one answer that you've got to maintain peace, serenity, tranquility from the inside first. And so I might be able to do that in the midst of a storm. I might be able to do that in the midst of an argument. I might be able to do that in the midst of, of incessant noise in the background that I don't have any control over. Um, the other aspect, the more literal aspect, answer and in a six seven eight area code i'm coming to you next um the more literal answer might be find sacred space create sacred space now i hear you say st louis and i know where you live um but my answer will be radio answer um find a park <laughs> find a green area um Find a grove of trees um, that you can maybe walk away from your house um, for 15 minutes at a time, um, for 20 minutes at a time. Uh, I have both indoor and outdoor shrine areas. Um, some of them are out in nature. Some of them are in my yard. Um, some of them are out in wildlife preserves or, or natural areas that other people, to some degree, have access to. Um, but my area is sort of set apart, set aside. Um, most people aren't thinking of it in the way that I'm thinking of it, looking at it. It might be where the big rock is. You know, it might be that one part of the lake that people typically don't, don't sit by um, and create sacred space. Um, I know family are listening who live in tighter communities than that. Um, project community, apartment, large apartment building community. Um, you've got to be creative about finding somewhere to separate yourself, even if it's for small increments of time. Um, you might have to lock yourself in the bathroom 20 minutes, you know, and, and turn your music on, you know, uh, and burn your incense there and, and turn the fan on there. Uh, to get away from your kids or your animals or, or your spouses or your roommates, you know, whatever the case might be. But <clears throat> I say it over and over. I say it again and again with Pani. The, the creation of sacred space is critical. It's critical to any spiritual endeavor, to any personal endeavor, to any in individual self-care practice and or routine. And so you, you've got to find somewhere a way. And it might be in the wee hours of the morning, you know, when others are asleep, when the rest of the house is, is passed out, uh, that might be your time. Um, so I, I know some of you smokers, you know, you find a space. Um, some of you, you know, go outside to smoke. Some of you, have the patio, the, the balcony, you know, the, the street level. But find a way to create sacred space. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't require a lot of a lot of tools. Um, even my yard shrines are very simple. You know, a rock, a cinder block over a hole in the ground. Uh, of course, my garden. 
I have my garden set up for those of you who haven't seen the videos and the pictures. Huge pots. Some of you say, oh, well, I can't plant in the ground. So, so get huge pots. Huge pots. Uh, my pots cost like $60 a piece. Huge clay pots. I want to say the, the diameter, I can't even get my arms in the camera view but for the diameter of, of these pots. Big enough for a kumquat tree, uh, big enough for an apple tree to be placed in the center, uh, and then your herbs to be positioned um, around the bottom. Um, and six of those positioned in a, in a circular fashion, you know, creates an inner space that you can sit in, that you can put a chair in, you know, that you can create like, uh, what's the name of that movie? A uh, Baby Boy. A uh, Baby Boy's mama, if you remember, was, was creating this garden for her tomatoes and, and greens and things, and, and she had a chair in it. And, and she said, this is, my, this is my zone, this is my sacred space. Don't, don't bring your foolishness into that. So be creative, um, beloved, and I know you are. I know what you have, and I'm not going to reveal all your business on air. Uh, your question helps other people who might be trying to figure that out. But, you know, put a lock on the door if you have to. Um, do it in the wee hours of the morning, in the, what they call the bewitching hour, uh, if you have to. Uh, and maintain your, your, your sacred space. I'm going to come right back to you again, Wapani uh, and, and Kiona. Allow me to acknowledge area code 678. Your mic is open, beloved. Who's calling and where are you calling from? Spirit code 678-447. Your hands raised. Are you with me? Hi. Yes, I am. I'm sorry. This is April Anthony. Um, I am calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, First thing, thank you um, for your platform and sharing your knowledge and wisdom Um, And I definitely appreciate the opportunity to speak. Um, My question um, is regarding hygiene. Um, I wanted to know if you could speak on hygiene and how to properly utilize him in a situation, um, specifically on behalf of others, because I'm trying to use this on behalf of my son. Um, So I'm asking, like, with regards to prayers and offerings, et cetera, what is the correct way um, to utilize hygiene? The Conqueror. Sure. Um, no problem. Um, Hi, John the Conqueror is an old name. It's, it's old root work, old conjure, old voodoo, old hoodoo. And when I say old, I'm going back to the middle passage. Um, that, that we retain and brought with us to the new world. Um, our roots, our herbs, our plants. Uh, for you geology buffs, you probably already know what I'm going to say, but if you look at the map and sort of piece Africa right in there to, you know, the Florida Keys, Central America, South America, it, it kind of pieces in there together. And I've watched um, archaeological, uh, uh, what do you call them, a documentary about the study of the, the dirt and the rock and the east coast in the west coast of Africa, and how they chemically fit together, how they seismically uh, share 
uh, a sort of a, a shared history. So Hi John, of course, has this Eurocentric biblical connotation to it. But the plant predates and the usage of the plant um, predates sort of how we use the language. So the plant has a technical name, has a, has a botany name, has a, a, a scientific name, uh, which is Latin, so I won't, you know, confuse everybody with that. That's something you can easily uh, get from your uh, Wikipedia search. But the the usage of the plant is ingrained in Hoodoo and, and Voodoo practice. Now, I have to I have to again talk about my Botanica. The Botanica is a new creation, relatively speaking, for the selling of products. It doesn't necessarily speak to what's real or what's not real or how anything that's in the religious store or the botanica, how it should be used or applied. So there's some confusion about what High John even is, uh, which is another reason why I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on Hypomia jalapa, which is a scientific name of the root and the plant, High John the Conqueror, that we actually use. And then you have other similar plants that you also find being sold as high john uh, in the store that, that aren't even the same plant at all. There's also high john um, and low john. High john is usually a larger size, a bigger root, almost like a, a nut, a shell. I usually keep some uh, close to this chair. Give me a second and I'll go grab I'll go grab my root jar and I'll bring it back to the camera. And then low John, low John is more root looking in appearance and it often actually has little bits of root um, hanging off of it. Now, I might not have any low John on hand to show you. I might. Yeah, I got a piece. And then I also have a piece of high John. Now, again, these are obviously two different things. So you got these two things, high John, low John, and then the what we're going to now call the perpetrator <laughs> that you often find um, in the botanica. That, that's not quite the right herb at all. So the high john is often ground, graded, applied in, in ritual application, in, in grigri application, in, in floor washes, in, in ritual work. When you go into battles, for instance, court or the job interview or, 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 or the, the literal battle, we chew this and, and hold this in our cheek, hold this in our, in our gum. Now, as always, I have to give my legal disclaimer. You have to be careful with the ingestation of roots, even the chewing of colonets. We know colonets is, is very innocuous, very innocent. Our Coca-Cola products are made from colonets. Africans in West Africa chew colonets 
for those of you who aren't familiar, we use colonet in obi abata divination for for ori for the head and also for egun for the ancestors. But even in that case, legally, I have to say, don't chew a herb, don't ingest a herbal plant. Please, beloved caller, don't give it, you know, hi, John, to your child unless you're sure. Connect with your, your, your doctor, your physician, that one, you actually got what you think you have. And, and two, that it won't interrupt any medication or other products uh, health-related that your child might be, be ingesting. So legally, I have to say that. Legally, I have to say that. But the name Hi John the Conqueror comes from an Incan hero, John the African Prince, it was said, who was sold as a slave into the Americas. And the folklore around what Hi John can do originates in what this ancestor slave uh, could do. And the ancestor slave is invoked in concert with the usage of the root. Often when we use these roots, they are associated with, with a deity or power. Um, you hear me say, there is no voodoo without nature. There is no ifa without voodoo. There is no voodoo without ifa. And so we have a deity, a power, often associated with the herb or the root that, that we use as a, a memorizing tool, but also a symbolic tool. So we memorize Hi John and what Hi John is and who Hi John was and what Hi John can do as a way of, of, of um, indexing our knowledge about the plant and the root. So there's always some legend associated, some deity associated, uh, some ritual associated, like when we talk about things like the devil's shoestring. Uh, love lace, you know, which is reference to a very specific uh, plant. It's seen as a parasitic plant. Uh, it attacks other plants and likes to wrap itself around. So often the the name that we use in common English reference what the root does or mimics or how it's applied so that it's retained in, in, in common knowledge. When we start looking at the Latin names, the scientific names, what these plants do, even clover, even dandelion, uh, there's a medicinal element there that has to be looked at uh, from a, a science so that we don't harm ourselves. Everybody can't take dandelion. Everybody can't take uh, bee balm. Everybody doesn't respond the same way uh, to, to the same herbs, plants, and roots. So the names, again, suggest the ability of high John to be used in battle, to be used in strength applications, to be used in, in empowerment applications. But there's absolutely a, a medicinal, biological, herbal element to using high John. If you're using high John um, in a tea or, or to chew, uh, be sure that, that, that there's not a problem with, with your doctor as it relates to you applying that on your son or with your son. But if you're using it in ritual, if you're using it in Gregory, 
if you're using an, an application uh, of that sort, uh, then you want to look at who High John is. And there are other forces that people often call upon, particularly in hoodoo, as it relates to using High John that don't invoke the name High John at all. So people will quote their psalm and use High John. People will plead the blood of Jesus and use High John. People will use other uh, incantations and mantras while using uh, the protective abilities of High John. And again, particularly if you're talking about carrying it, using it in a gree uh, an application of, of that sort. But if you're talking about chewing it, uh, I would be careful. And, and the Galan Gol, G A L A N G A L, or Alpinia Galanga, a member of the ginger family, is what Lojan is. And, and, and so we know the scientific makeup of Lojan. We, we know it has a, a, a caffeine, a colon that does as well. Colon that has a high degree of caffeine in it. I believe that's where the caffeine in Coca-Cola and Pepsi and RC actually comes from, is from the colon nut. So the chewing of the colon nut releases a stimulant-like effect that some people cannot handle. Some people can't handle an energy drink. And we see that as free and available and and safe and don't require a prescription, but everyone responds differently to herbs, plants, roots, vegetables, meat. And so that disclaimer always has to be given uh, in terms of using it in in relation to your child, beloved. Did you have another question or, or anything else I need to say about that? Thank you um, for clarifying the piece with regards to using it for medicinal purposes. Um, Also, if I'm using it um, specifically like for a court case, so I'm not able to touch him at this moment, but I guess I'm using it for ritual work. So you touched on that as well. Go ahead. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. And if you can get the low john, legitimate low john, yeah, you can chew that and, and hold that in your mouth. I mean, you know, some judges, like a Judge Judy, you know, might call you out on having chewing gum in your mouth. You know, so how you hold it in your mouth might be important. You know, you might have a piece of Kleenex, you know, in, in, in your hand, a paper towel in your hand. So hold it in your, you know, in, in, your, in your mouth to the ability that you're able to do so um, because you are extracting juice from the low john. And so you, you'll feel that. You, you'll know. And just, you know, put it in your napkin like you're putting a piece of uh, chewing gum, a piece of, uh, you know, wintergreen <laughs> mint, you know, in your napkin <laughs> and carry that, carry that with you. Um, high John, of course, can be put in a, a pouch, a grigri, uh, tucked away in, in, in a sock and carried in your purse, uh, put in a baby sock uh, and carry, carry it in your bra because I know they're going to pat you down, maybe, you know, walk you through the med- med- medical detector. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, if you're carrying a lot of money in your bra, security ain't going to pull that out, you know. So as long as it ain't a bomb or it's not metallic, so don't put leg with key, you know, in the pouch. Uh, you might not want to carry lodestone in the pouch. You know, you don't want to carry anything metal is what I'm saying. 
you know, in, in your pouch or your grigri. So chances are you might you might get past security with that, depending on, even on how big your piece of, of high john is. Uh, a lot of people, I know I'm buffering, buffering. I'm not buffering for Blog Talk Radio, but I'm buffering for YouTube, so they're not hearing me right now. Uh, forgive me. Yes, I know. I know I'm buffering, buffering. My apologies. Um, most people are not going to even be able to acquire um, a piece of high john this big. And, and a piece of high john this big is, is, is relatively expensive. And clearly, I'm not breaking this up. I'm not taking a hammer to this. I'm not grading this down into a powder. Uh, I use this hole, obviously. I, this is one of the oldest pieces that I have. Uh, but I have smaller pieces that I do grate down into a powder that makes it easier to put in a lotion, a potion, a gris-gris, you know, et cetera. Um, I do invoke the spirit of day-day, um, and I do invoke the spirit of high john directly. Um, when I'm doing work, because I know the history. I know who High John is. I, I know that when we say High John the Conqueror, uh, we are referencing High John, th- this African prince uh, sold into slavery, uh, who then became uh, a, a revolutionary, uh, a maroon, if you will. But people also associate uh, High John with, with John, John the Baptist. Uh, and the other uh, saints, if you will, that, that stand up in Catholicism and Christianity. Because, again, when we look at amalgamation and synchronizing and hoodoo, root work, conjures, we have to look at the Middle Passage. We have to look at enslavement and, and, and the then synchronizing and hiding of our traditions and our knowledge behind other things um, for our own survival. The, the term voodoo is derived from the word voodoo, from the Fon people, which means spirit or, or, or God, if you will. But we associate voodoo with, with the Yoruba, with the Eve, with the Igbo, with the Akan, you know, and then with some of the uh, indigenous traditions and people uh, that we commingled with in, in the quote-unquote new world. Uh, voodoo is not only a word, uh, but it's a practice. It's a religion. Uh, it's a tradition. Uh, it's it's a way of life. So we had to hide our God. We, we had to hide our understanding. Buffering, buffering, buffering. Block talk radio. I'm gonna start ringing the bell when when buffering is going on. So that when I start hesitating. Y- y'all know what's happening. Also, it'll be a sort of an audible sign to my uh, YouTube listeners that I'm aware of the buffering. And I get it. The buffering should be clear now. The buffering should be clear. So we had to hide our God, our deity, our awareness of any kind of hoodoo, root work, conjure, particularly north of the border, particularly in the U.S. In Cuba, you were allowed at least some space. You, you were allowed at least, you know, the countryside. You were allowed at least form Lukumi and, and organize separate from 
Catholicism, but also in co-relationship to Catholicism. Brazil, you, you had maroon culture. You had mountain ranges for people to escape to. And, of course, here we had Congo Square to escape to and then whisper in hush tones and drum, you know, in, in a little bit, a, a greater degree of volume, our gods and our deities. But, but let's, not, let's not forget now, we still had to conceal Massa still might have stood off in, in, in the sides and watched us in Congo Square. And if we did some deliberate, overt demonstration, that would have been a problem. And so even today when Congo Square, and, and give thanks to Congo Square and, and to the ancestors during this, this time of, of staying at home, um, even today, you can't expect to go to Congo Square and and see chickens and goats and 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 and, and that level of practice um, on a typical Sunday in Congo Square, though it does happen, uh, but it's not happening out like that for the tourists, for the the dog walkers, uh, for the PETA people that that might have some kind of issue about what we do, but it's it's going on. Know that it's it's going on. Um, Um, Oris Root, um, Nizambian, uh, Pakistan. Forgive me for the, the mispronunciation um, of your name. Um, the Oris plant, which I have, I have that as well in my yard, by the way. Um, it's not easy to, to grow. It's not easy to maintain, but it's common. Um, it, it's easy to buy. It's easy to purchase. Um, we also refer to it as the iris plant. Big. It's one of the first plants that I knew because my mom had them in the yard um, at fifteen thirty one Nova Avenue um, in, in Coral Hills, Maryland. We had them in the yard as a child growing up. So it's a bulb that has to be planted in the winter. Um, and then nurtured in the summer, uh, a great deal like tulip, uh, for instance. Um, so it, it too, like all plants, all quote unquote weeds, have their um, medicinal and and spiritual application. Um, and so my assumption is that that's the question um, that you're asking me about. Um, it has its sweet smelling flowery components uh, as do many of the herbs you've heard me say that I prefer the flowers of basil uh, the flowers of, of peppermint the flowering top just like you marijuana connoisseurs have a preference for the flowering top of the buds if you will of a plant so there's a particular component a particular spirit that exists in that part of the plant so when we look at the, the auris or the iris, um, sweet, Oshun, Frida, Sparity, um, uh, uh, sweetening up elements to it. But then the root itself has been known medicinally to be used in, in snuff, to be chewed uh, like tobacco. And so it has its other deeper, um, deeper um, resin 
might be a better word, that exists in the root, in the root part of the plant that people are, are drawing from uh, in, their, in their magic or, or in their chewing magic. Um, you find it in Croatia, Germany, Europe, um, which is how I believe the Irish plant made its way to, to the U.S. Um, in the first place. Um, but as, as always, um, make sure it's not something that's interacting with your, your uh, prescriptions. Make sure, uh, check with your doctor, your health care provider, that uh, it's not going to interrupt any other thing that might be going on with you individually or personally. But, yeah, it, it's a product. It's a plant that we use um, in Grigory's. Um, we use as offerings to, to deities when we want to sweeten up a, a particular power, uh, and then we use the the root, as with all roots, um, in a ground form. Um, it, it can be chewed, uh, as I already um, um, mentioned just a moment ago. Let me go back and look at your um, chat. Is there some specifics about that that I'm missing that you're asking about? Thank you, um, beloved Kiona, for helping me to to maintain what's happening here in the chat. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. I'm still here. Am I missing something? Um, um, no, I just wanted to chime in on what Pani, what what Pani was talking about. Go ahead. Okay, so um, what I'm learning, Wapani, is that um, I can con- only control myself because I'm highly sensitive to noise, sound. I hear it at its highest form. And so I use, I- I'm obsessed with red roses. I found for me, it balances me. Um, it draws me love energy. So I use that essential oil a lot. Um, also, too, I burn Palo Santo. Because I found that with me burn sage, um, white sage, it, it could draw away every spirit. So I just only want the bad ones, the, the negative ones gone. Also, too, um, I use cascarea um, to block it off. If, cascarea. If, 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 um, cascarea, I, I use that a lot if, if, that, if, if I feel like it's just too much. And also, too, I use Florida water. And I'll just, you know, put it on the back of my neck, my ears, my forehead, my hands, my feet, you know, I just I layer in it. And then I meditate. I'll get to myself, even if you have to go in the bathroom, put the light off, you know, and just if you don't want to think you're crazy because you're in there, put a towel at the door so nobody can tell if the light is on or not, and just go within because the peace is going to come from within because you can't expect for the, the outside to line up with what you're doing because spirit is not working with them at the same time as you. So you have to align yourself and protect your inner sanctuary, and that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, okay. But it's going to be a battle because you will hear it in its highest form because of the realm that you're operating in, and then the knowledge that you're receiving is authentic knowledge, so it's speaking directly to your spirit. And then when your third eye is awakening, it's just like you're like, okay, calm down. When nobody's calming down, it, it could just raise your vibration, but you have to – Raise your higher self. You don't want to go lower, because then for me, that'll irritate you. 
That's and being true. unmarried, and, um, and being unmarried, and being unmarried, girl, it don't take it don't take long for me to get irritated because I'm not releasing like I'm supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have uh, my husband and I. We we talk about everything. Actually, we've never had an argument in 25 years of marriage ever. Oh, that's but, amazing. But um, he's not in the same place spiritually. He's a very practical man. So, you know, he likes to work on cars and stuff. And when you start talking about crystals and different things, he has an understanding of vibration, but he doesn't understand when you are trying to focus, I need quiet. But what you and my brother were saying was it is necessary to grow beyond that and I need to create my own quiet within myself, even in the midst of chaos. Your husband can be talking your husband be when you go in with Pony, your husband your husband could be talking. You can go in so deep you ain't heard a word he said, I promise you. Yeah, I guess I lost that 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 I need to get that back. I had it when Christopher was only a baby. He's thirty one now, but back then it's easy to block the kids out and I just that's very practical. I didn't even think about that. That's that would be easy to do. And not going through your I, thoughts. You know how you can Yeah, that's what I do. I tell myself head. I tell myself no, that. No, I was just saying that a lot of times we have so much head talk, nonsense head talk, problematic head talk that reaffirms what we identify with as us, that subconscious place. And it does take a steady practice of daily meditation. My brother used to tell me way back when he lived in New York, um, you first need to learn how to breathe, boo. <laughs> That's what he would tell me. I had to learn how to breathe. And back then I didn't get it. Like, I'm breathing all the time. What are you talking about? You know. But uh, he would break it down. And as I evolve, I understand. Breathing is really the foundation to, to it all. Do you, do you agree with that, Ty? Because yeah. I hold my breath a lot. I hold my breath a lot. A lot I hold my breath. And it's also a connection to, to God or to spirit. Breathing? Yeah. I know spirit means the breath or the air, but I've never made that connection on that level. Well, isn't it? Is it not said that God breathe life into man yes so I'm not trying to be Christian of course but there's a direct connection between our breath and, and spirit and our ability yes. to in and out of the realm of spirit and therefore I support the notion that as, as any real animist would that animals have a spirit they have breath. Yeah. You know. It's, it's that that separates us from that which is inanimate. And if you ask me, I think plants got spirits too. They do. And they breathe. <laughs> and they breathe. Yes, they do. Okay. Well, my my people, I am going to have to take my leave. And as always, it's been informative, enlightening, and something to chew on. Until you meet again, 
until we meet again on this side of the realm. You have a wonderful weekend. You too. Peace, pal.